You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influences. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live next. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Black Hollywood Live Next. What? Let the song play. We don't have no song today. It's not playing. So we're going to sing. What is it? I don't even know how to answer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to sing it. It's a Cortez. I'm your you can. <laughs> I'm your host, Megan Thomas. Who are you guys? I am Kiki Ayers. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back. I am your host, Cortez D. West. Yes, and as always, we bring you the hottest and up-and-coming stars in Hollywood. And today... That's no different. We have the best actor ever. You've seen him on Harry Potter, and you will soon see him on ABC's new show, Gallivant. Give it up for Luke Youngblood. Got Yo, Luke. Your, your, last name, your last name is so dope, though. Like, when I saw the email, it was like, your guest is going to be Luke Youngblood. I was like, oh, we got to talk. Like, like, <laughs> you're a thug. like if your name was Old Blood, they'd be like, no. And it's for real as well. Young it's not even a it's not even a stage name or anything like that. Right. So Young yeah. Blood. Yeah, it's one hundred. Born with street cred. No, and you know what's crazy is that everybody that meets him, we we all said the same thing. We were like, Oh, is this oh, you really are British. You do have an accent. Do you hear that a lot? All the time, like every day of my life. And I don't know if it's because People in the states, maybe you know, they're like, oh, they have black people in there. <laughs> but, um, Just ignorant. You know, yeah, exactly. But we, yeah, we do. And I was born, grew up in London, and yeah, this is this is how I talk. Yeah. Right, that's not yeah. what I saw you. I was like, wait a minute, because like a community, you don't have an accent. Yeah, so, so community, like, I'm, I'm American. You just got to put it on sometimes for certain roles, especially when you know you're in the states. And I've been here for about five years now, so right. So yeah, everything has been American up until this point of Gallivant. Ah, well, let's get into some news. Let's talk about okay. what's going on in the world, some casting news. So recently, um, if you guys haven't heard, there's a new movie coming out called Selma. It's the Martin Luther King. Um, uh, excuse me. It's it's the Martin Luther King drama, basically, and it's talking about the the March on Selma, which a lot of people don't really remember because I feel like we're so far removed, and so a lot of times as black people, we don't know our history. Really, we really don't know what happened. But I saw this movie. I saw a pre screening of it. It is amazing. I cried. Like, it is that good. So, they just got nominated for five Independent Spirit Awards. And if you don't know about the um, Spirit Awards, they're basically for all independent movies. So, any movies that have a budget of $20 million or less, which I was like, whoa, $20 million is independent. <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all balling. Y'all making a movie of $20 million and that's independent. But anyway, um, so they got nominated for five awards. Dear White People, which was this year's indie breakthrough hit, got nominated for two. And then, of course, Andre Benjamin, who played Jimi Hendrix... Um, in, in the movie All, All Is By My Side, he he just got a nomination for the best actor. And so I'm excited because, first of all, Selma's a great movie. It deserves the five nominations it got, which is, let's see, for, oh, for Ava DuVernay, who is the director. So there's um, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for David Ayelowo, who plays uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who's mm-hmm. also 
your fellow Brit. Yep, he is. And he in the movie, you don't hear any act. Like, he sounds just like Martin Luther King. It's crazy. <laughs> it is so insane. And, of course, uh, Best Supporting Actress, Carmen and Jogo. One more of your fellow Brits. Y'all, ooh, wait a minute. Y'all, hold on, wait a second. I can't Y'all take it over. Y'all take it over. Sorry, right. sorry, guys. It's, I know. It's happening again. Sorry. Oh, Rick, y'all are better at, at acting and at our own accent. What do you think about movies like like this, especially movies that are um, about American history, black history? Is that something mm-hmm. that you look forward to doing in your career one day? Definitely in the future, you know. Um, I think as a black man myself, like it's important to know and kind of go back to what, what our true stories were right. and kind of... I guess bring them to the world because it's not only in the states that these things are going to be shown it's back home in the UK where we don't have as much black American history as you guys do here and even beyond so I think it's like an important message that the entire world needs to know about because there's you know been the struggle and the fight and unfortunately there are things that people are still dealing with today but I just think it's great just a great way to educate the rest of the world on on what really happened you know trying to give a true account of, right. of some of the stories and it's not only even like the major stories like this this movie is like kind of going to be focusing on the major one of that time but it's also you know like the stories that maybe this family on the side that nobody even knows about right, kind of gets right. told as well all right so this is selma selma alabama yeah, Selma, mm-hmm. Alabama, the march on um, Selma, I think it was 1965, I believe. But yes, make sure you watch it. It comes out December 25th, and in addition to that, you can also watch the Spirit Awards to see if this movie, which I'm pretty sure is going to win um, out of all the categories that it's been nominated in, and it airs February 21st, 2015, which is the day before the Academy Awards. And traditionally, <laughs> the Spirit Awards tend to... Uh, give way to what's going to happen at the Academy Academy Awards. So, of course, hopefully they win, and then they win again the mm-hmm. next day at the Academy Awards. <laughs> let's, let's root Throw for it. it. Out there. Right. Go. Okay, so what's going on with music, Kiki? What's going on in music is Antonique Smith. Woo, she woo. was here with us in the, in the studio. Yes, yeah, so we'll watch the video if you have it. Yes, we're going to watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> Cortez is going to show you what's going on. <laughs> we are going to watch her video. Um, hold up, wait a minute. Woo woo. Um, know, and right. she just announced like two, three hours ago that the video is actually nominated for a Grammy, so that's so really? exciting. Yeah. And it just dropped, so that's really exciting for her. She has a very powerful voice, and I love the and my boo Lance Gross is in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he directed it, right? Around with that voice, right? <laughs> she's an amazing singer. Every time I see her, I go, "Ooh, Faith Evans." Remember right. from Big Lily, Yeah, I saw a lot of the comments on that video mm-hmm. when you when you sent it to us. I looked mm-hmm. at the, the comments, yeah. and a lot of people were like, "I thought she was going to be another Faith Evans right. wannabe," mm-hmm. and it was like, "I'm glad." That, they were like, "I'm glad I gave her a chance." So I like that. Yeah, right. and her manager wrote the song and produced it. Yeah, so Daryl. You sing, right? Yeah, I do a little, little bit of singing on the side. Yeah. Would you like do a for real album? Like, would you come out? Because I know you have to sing sometimes in some of the shows and mm-hmm. movies that you do. But would you ever come out with an, a full album of singing? Um, it's definitely not something that 
I see myself doing um, as of yet. But, you know, if the right opportunity came around and I guess the right producers were on board and stuff, then, yeah, I'd definitely give it a go. But, like, knowing friends who are in the music industry, is it's a tough gig, man. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, you know, hard work and kind of trying to focus in on the acting right now. Having to do that at the same time, I just think would just be such a huge workload. And if it is something that I do, I'd want to give 110%. But are you, I don't know, man, but are you like a pop singer or an R&B singer? Like, I can't, I'm trying to figure out what kind of, what kind of <laughs> Like, no, his soul. I, yeah, would it be? Yeah, what would you be what, singing? What would you sing? Pop music? You know what, maybe, probably, yeah. Because okay. I think it's just the, the, the thing that's most fun. And I don't think it really fits into just, like, one field. Like, pop music just, it's, it's just so wide now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. It'd have to be like the right sound, which is right. why, you know, I really enjoy producers like Pharrell and people like that um, because they don't fit into one category. Yeah. Right. They can just go right across the board, which is really refreshing to me. That's right. dope. Okay, young Big blood. Up <laughs> Big up Anthony. Big up Anthony. Shout so, out. Congrats. Right. So, Cortez, what's going What's the next big thing that's happening? Well, you know, um, it's Christmas coming up, guys, and yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> really, I know, right? It's, it's kind of funny, man, because now they're coming up with different ways to. You know, get us our packages. You know, I just work. I was at work on Monday. We have you know Cyber Monday, right? Mm-hmm. So it was packages galore. Like our, we were getting packages like crazy from people and going crazy on on online. So I'm very happy to hear about this. I'm pretty sure you guys probably heard of it, but it's the de- delivery by drone. Um, Amazon is coming out with this thing to where they are going to start delivering uh, packages less than five pounds to your door by air. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a lot of things wrong with that. I, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, if they, know. Can, if they do it. It's going to have to be like five or six, like five to ten years out, only because well, people are not like that's still drones are still synonymous with like war. <laughs> they, no, seriously, yeah. that's that's the only thing that people think of right now. So they're going to have to do a whole marketing campaign well, to no, make people not well, think no, about they're it. They're using drones now. They use drones right, now, for... but not for delivery because I think it's illegal right now. <laughs> no, they... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some, there's some issue. I read it. You, you can't. You it's some. It has something to do with you. Just can't do that right no, now. No, you there's just some... no because that's, it's they're waiting for the FAA to um, right like let airspace. Go all the it's the, the Federal Aviation Administration. Right. Um, so they're waiting for you know to get their approval or whatever. But there are a lot of things that people are working on now. And I think I read something about um, who was running, like, using those right now outside of the military. Right. Like, they're using them right now, but I just can't. I think it's more for, like, film and getting pictures mm-hmm. of cities and high without mm-hmm. using a helicopter. Right. So not for, like, commercial use. Like, not for, like, when you're buying stuff. Exactly. <laughs> not I mean, yet. That's a lot of That's a lot that's going to play in that because that's, like, I'm thinking about somebody can, like, throw a rock up there and knock it down and steal my package. You know, something <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I didn't think that far, but you <laughs> have a good point. Yeah, you have so many people who are so good at being con artists. I mean, like we have some smart con artists out there. They can redirect because it's going off a of GPS coordination. You know what I'm saying? So okay. coordinates. So you know, somebody might you know redirect the coordination. Or, or the, more you know? importantly, you try to steal it. You know what I'm saying? Because those things are millions and millions of yes. dollars. You're just like, yeah, take come to this drone. location. <laughs> I'll take the, I don't need the package. I need the drone. I mean, I think it's a wonderful idea. Idea, and they did. Have 
have it set for this year, but now the guy, um, Amazon CEO Jeff uh, Bezos, or Bezos, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, B-E-Z-O-S, um, he states that it's still going to be a couple of years now. Um, they did want it for 2000, 2014 for Christmas. Now it's going to be maybe 2015, but they're not sure. That, yeah, they're just w- really waiting for the FAA. Right. Luke, would you get uh, your package delivered by drone? I would do it just to try it and say that I've done it. And it'd be my cheapest thing, though. However, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I would just kind of want us to see it come into right. my house and, you know, being part of that whole kind of movement moving forward. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just in my everyday life, walking down the street, if there's things like flying above my head, I'm right. like, you know, messing up the hair action here. Right. I don't know how, how I feel about it, but I right. did hear that they um, they had been test driving it in yes. Canada yes. somewhere. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have a video here, actually, of um, Alyssa's Complayer. They're actually showing an example of it being packaged and everything. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like there's the warehouse here for the people that are listening. Okay, enough of the warehouse. So it looks like the guy's putting a, something, maybe a cell phone in a box. I don't and know. that's not even secure. I'm sorry. It's so not. if this gets dropped, here it's I not. paid a billion well, dollars for drone. my cell phone. That's the drone getting... is going to put it really, you know, hold it in place, the actual drone, as you can see, and it grips it. Yeah, I'm not sold. (laughs) All I see is war when I see this right now. Yes. I just see somebody dropping a bomb on my house, and I'm over here like, I'm getting my Amazon Prime delivery, and it's really a bomb. I don't know. I think it would be a really cool idea, but I think it's something to where I feel like, I just don't want to look in that sky and see so many drones flying flying But that's what's going to happen, because if you you allow that, then everyone's going to be like, oh, I want a drone. And so you're like... 50,000 drones in the air. You're going to be like, what is Clay going gonna on? Clay's going to be hitting a drone. Right. Right. going to be like, will you marry me with drones? Like, is it <laughs> But I don't know. It may be the next big thing. So, hey, right. there hey. you go. Thank you for telling us about that. That's, yes. that's really cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into some more questions about Luke. Yeah, all your business. Yeah. You gotta sing though before we leave, bro. Really? Yeah, I want to have you sing. We'll sing, sing with you. Got, you got that cash to pay. Yeah, we'll pay, we'll, we'll pay you. I know, right? Oh, okay. we, this is BHL, bro. We can, <laughs> come on, man. Luke, can you tell us like where you grew up specifically? So I grew up in a place called Camden Town, which is pretty much in the centre of London. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I lived in the same house for 23 years before wow, I moved. Wow. Before I moved to the states, before I moved out to LA. And, um, yeah, London is totally different to, to being over here. I mean, like, it's like a city, city. Right. There's just people all the time, so many different styles, and just everyone's kind of, it's kind of similar to New York in the way that people have got that tunnel vision going, and they're just nonstop marching. And it's mostly probably to get out of the rubbish weather. <laughs> Because it's grey and rainy <laughs> all the time. Not like sunny SoCal, huh? Not at all. Mm. Which is why I appreciate being stuck in traffic every day of my life here because I see sunshine, sunshine and palm trees. Right, oh, that's so a you, good way to look at it. So yeah. that, he'd be the one that stop and make me. I'm just driving like this, like, just chilling. <laughs> you the one causing the traffic. He's the one causing the traffic. So, who were some of your favorite actors growing up? Growing up. um... I think the one actor who's kind of just been there throughout um, is Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh, has to be. Because yes. like, anything that he does, he you know mm. can be a scientist in one movie, mm. can be a gangster in the next movie, mm-hmm. then he's in a futuristic sci-fi thing over here, and you just believe every single thing that he does. And to me, he's just super inspiring and just so entertaining to watch. Right. I really so. thought you were going to say Idris Elba. He's Boo. well. He's <laughs> just because he's British too. That's racist. That's 
felt racist. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> but no, he is great. And then, like you were saying with David Oyelowo. Oyelowo. Yeah. Seeing these British black actors coming out to the States and kind of, you know, breaking ground over here is really inspiring to me and a lot of other people back home. And I even feel like black actors that are trying to, you know, make a way in the States as well. So, um, yeah, they are among my favorites too. And Alexis, can we throw, pull up that pic that, uh, of course, Friday? I'm scared of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who is this little handsome baby? That was when I used to smile with no teeth, and I specifically remember doing that. And I don't know. Wow. wow. I don't know what it was. Why I just didn't show my teeth at that age when I was. You're smizing like tired. Uh-huh. Smile with your eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Dude, you learned at an early age. Yeah, big old head. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> my head's still big. Don't, don't try and be nice about it. It's still, so still. Pretty Oh, there was nothing <laughs> nice about that. <laughs> you have a big brain and you're smart. That's what you tell people. Yeah. Exactly. You're smart. Exactly. <laughs> so what made you want to become an actor? Oh, that's so me. That's so me. Y'all terrible. His last name is Youngblood. He probably got I, I the know, mafia right? behind him. Make fun of his head. So cute. You're a cute baby. So Thank what, you. what made you want to become an actor? Were you around any growing up? It or? wasn't. Um, it wasn't something that I said, you know, I want to do this mm-hmm. as a job. It was more something that I kind of fell into. Like, nice. when I was a kid, I had all this energy, and um, my mum decided to put me into theatre school nice. on the weekends. So I'd do that, you know, singing, jazz, type, ballet, drama, speech, everything. And um, it was fun for a time, and then they just asked me to be on their agency, and then I was going out for auditions, and just started booking work and kind of enjoyed what I was doing at that point. But I wouldn't say... Um, that I intended to continue being an actor or it was something that I was like, this is going to be my job for the rest of my life. Yeah. It just wasn't It wasn't that, but it was fun. And I think that's what I've realised now as an adult. Whatever job you have, you have to have fun while you're doing right. it. Definitely. Otherwise, there's absolutely right. no Definitely. point. And you trained in London, right? Mm-hmm. Sylvia Young Theatre School? Yeah. Tell us about that experience. It was, you know, it was really great. Just because like, you felt like you were doing things that, I guess, normal kids weren't able, not able to do, but they weren't doing. Mm-hmm. And it was like you were kind of thrown into this different world of right. performing and, you know, being able to create something and, and put it on show for everyone to see. And all, the feedback was always good so right because it kind of maybe fed into the ego a little bit of like yeah, <laughs> but um it was something that i realized that i don't know like some of the other kids who are going to the theater school and things like that they weren't necessarily how i saw myself and i definitely did want to have that normal childhood too so it's right. very important for me mm-hmm. to remain at regular school throughout um, my education so how did you end up acting in the u.s so I, um, yeah, I was working in the UK for up until I was about 17. Then I went to university to study something completely different from acting, which was fashion design and marketing. And then I kind of missed it. And, <laughs> um, I met up with a friend and she was just like, you know, I'm going out to LA. And I said, you know, I want to, yeah, I want to go. And she was like, cool, let's go. <laughs> and, so, and it was literally that. I had no oh, contacts wow. here. I had nothing. And um, I just wanted to check it out and see see what it was about over here. Because I might come here and just hate it completely. And right. that's fine. I can just go back home. But kind of getting to know the city and how it works and stuff, it, it was definitely something that interested yeah. me. And I wanted to to give it a go. And I haven't looked back since. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking of your accent, it, mm-hmm. did you... 
did you when did you have to start training with a different accent? Did you always do that, or was that when you came to the no, States? No, it was um, pretty much when I came here. My stepdad is American, though, so that um, that helps a lot because mm-hmm. like with you know our family on that side right. and just kind of being back and forth between the U.S. and the U.K. all the time is just something that you you know just gets drummed into you. But being out here in LA is when you realize realize that actually I kind of need to be doing this all the time because ultimately you want to be believable right and I always tell people and they're like do you hear American accent and I'm just like pay me (laughs) (laughs) pay me you had to do so much Uh work for it because the people that you know yeah that that are the ones who are needing to hear it are the ones who are gonna who are gonna pay and and at the end of the day it is a job so yeah Mm -hmm. right oh yeah absolutely so then a lot of people may know you from the Harry Potter movies Mm -hmm. you're amazing you played Lee Jordan (laughs) Harry Potter Harry Potter Potter. (laughs) Um, so what was the audition process like to be in that movie when I went (laughs) when I went to audition for Harry Potter I you're gonna laugh every single time I say it (laughs) it's alright should I do you wanna just leave the room for five minutes Um, yeah when I was going to audition for it I didn't I wasn't familiar with the books like one of my friends had said you know I'm reading this amazing book it's about this boy and he's a wizard but he doesn't know he's a wizard and I was like (laughs) alright but then everyone was reading the books and then this audition came through and I was like you know I think I've heard something about that (laughs) and um, then it clicked that this is you know the story that my friend had been harping on about Mm. And I went in and I had the sides, which is like part of the script and stuff. And it's for this character who commentates these Quidditch matches, which is this game where everyone's flying around on broomsticks and stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's a complete mm. magical world that I was not familiar with at all. I arrive at this audition and um, the lady says to me, who um, was our casting director at that time, she said, OK, so commentate. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And so I was just like shouting and screaming and, you know, Harry Potter scores 10 points. And I had no idea what, what it was going to look like. So I had to make up this, this image in my head. And so then just before I was about to leave the audition, I said to the lady, um, so when is this going to be on TV? Like, when? <laughs> And she was like, Oh no 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 no! <laughs> this is this is this is a feature film, and then <laughs> I was just like, "Oh okay," because these things don't really come around that often in the UK, yeah. and that's when I kind of realised that this is going to be you know something pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Go outside. My mum's outside, and she's like, "Luke, what the hell were you doing in there?" Right. All I could hear was this screaming and shouting going on. <laughs> right, right. But then, you know, I went back to um, audition again because they wanted me to meet the director, and that went really well. Okay. And um, but then I didn't hear anything for about two months. So I, I, I thought, do that. <laughs> I thought, you know, I haven't booked this role. Then I heard from my agent that I looked too young for for the part because this character was a year above um, Harry and his friends. But then, thankfully, they couldn't find somebody who had the same energy as I did in the room. And um, I went back in again and, I guess, booked the role because they were like, yep, great, go, you know, go and get your costume fitting done. Me and my mum were like, costume fitting? All right, we'll go and, <laughs> go and do that. And, um, yeah, later that evening, I found out that, that I booked the role and I jumped across the room because I was just ecstatic. I was right. so happy. Mm-hmm. 
dope. I know. That's. A, I mean, it's a, a legacy movie. Like our kids' Completely. kids are gonna be enthralled right. with Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Mm-hmm. And Quidditch. Yes. Quidditch. And I Quidditch. had to I have to say that that was a wig, by the way. That was not my real hair. I was going to ask you. I was like, yeah. did you really have like these little daffy dreadlocks? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that, it, I mean, that's, I was like, hey, that's cool if that's how you rock. You know, but. it was it was a look for the movie, but not real life. <laughs> so, okay. like, I'll be on set. And two of my best friends, James and Oliver, who are my best friends today, mm. um, they play the twins in the movie. Yeah. Okay. And would be filming throughout the day and I'd have the wig on and then get it taken off at the end of the day and I'd be like, oh, bye guys, see you later. And they'd be like, Bye. <laughs> like, it literally took them two weeks to realize that we we were the we were both the same person. Oh, <laughs> just one with a wig and one without. What did you think when they showed you that you were gonna have to wear that wig? Well, I because I had read the books at that point, yeah, and I knew that the character had dreads, so it was like kind of like this whole process of seeing right. what they were gonna come up with, and they came up with that. And, and it's uh, just, oh yeah, yeah it's Quidditch. Here. What is it? Quidditch. Quidditch. A little community action at the end there, right? But um, for yeah, I sound like a little girl. <laughs> you were so cute. You were so, so speaking of community, yes. you start as what is it? Ma- magnitude? magnitude, yeah. Yes, and, and communities. I love it. It's on NBC. It's a, an amazing show. Mm-hmm. W- what was it like to be on this show, especially with so many comedians? And it seems like it was such a fun atmosphere. To it shoot. really was. Um, doing comedy was something that's pretty new to me. And I didn't ever see myself as, you know, a comedic actor. And no, I didn't really think that I'm that funny in real life. Like, maybe with your friends and stuff, you can crack yeah, a few jokes yeah. here and there. But I wouldn't be like, guys, right? I'm doing a stand-up show. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just not my thing. So um, when I booked the role and I arrive on set and I see Ken Jong and Joel McHale, right. and just I'm just surrounded by all of these, like, proper, proper comedians... I was just a bit like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be all right. But then, yeah, they, they were just like super pleased with what I did. And they just created such a nice environment that was easy for us to, you know, work with and just have fun. And it really, I think it comes across in the show that everyone really enjoys being there. Mm. And this character is crazy. Like, he right. is insane. And having his tagline, pa, pa. <laughs> and, um, I mean, two words... One word said twice, just snowballed, and then they just kept bringing me back again and again and again. And I have to give it to the writers because each time they surprised me with how they were going to introduce magnitude to the episode, and it was always in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like it was something that, yeah, I guess all the fans really appreciated, and and yeah, it became a really fun character. Right. Dope, dope. So you play Sid on uh-huh. um, ABC, the new ABC shows Gallivant that airs January 4th, 8 to 7 Central. Watch it. <laughs> yes. I need my money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so you, you play Sid. Tell us uh-huh. about that character. Uh, are we going to like Sid? Are we not going to like him? Like, what kind of role is he? Okay, so Sid is Gallivant's loyal yet sarcastic squire so i think that you know people are gonna i think people are warm to him because he he probably like says the stuff that people want to say but they mm. don't necessarily say like they might be thinking it but he says it like megan does uh-huh. for, yeah pretty much. That's, that's why i kind of got like a little rapport going with megan right, 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 we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah he kind of like has all these one-liners like mm. these funny one-liners and things and um it's just good to see how him, Gallivant, and Princess Isabella kind of like 
connect and disconnect on this oh, wow. journey um and just seeing yeah the relationship develop and and friendship and stuff like that and it's a really fun part to play just because again like it, we were so free on set to mm. to try different things and kind of improvise here and there and and he's he's a great character and it was total colorblind casting with with all of us on the show so that's something that was really refreshing so if you're mm. watching it would you like Sid? Is what I'm. Is what I'm. I would like Sid. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm okay. not just saying that because I play Sid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, would, yeah, I would like him. Do you have so. to sing and dance in this? Mm-hmm. In this Sid. Yeah. Oh, so we get to hear so your, we your singing voice. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, little bit of singing here and there. So what does it sound like? Let me hear. So, yeah. uh, what we had to do? What we had to do? Uh, <laughs> oh, he just curved you. I know you did. You see that one coming, did you? <laughs> I'm used to you know what how I'm used to that is when right. people like come up to you because I had this massive fro before mm-hmm. and you'd see their hands coming for their for the hair and it's just like whoa let me just lean back a little bit. so yeah I'm right. good, at, good at the curve deal so other than other than so. your um, <laughs> things you're working on right now what what something like more personal that you're working on right now like maybe even music or maybe going back to fashion so yeah definitely fashion is something that I would you know, I put on the back burner because I'm concentrating on the acting thing and it definitely is a 150 million percent full-time job. Mm. Um, but it is something that I want to get back into um, when time allows me to do it and also money because it's not something that you can just be like, oh, I'm going to start my own label. I've got like 10,000. Nah. <laughs> like you need money yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah. And um, so, like, in the meantime, like, I kind of just make stuff for myself because I'll be going shopping and I'll see something that's $600 and it's like, I can make that myself. Right. So why don't I just go downtown LA, buy up the, the fabric. District. Yeah. That's you know, fine. just buy a few yards or something, just mm-hmm. put it together. Have you done that before? Yeah. With your own clothes? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. It what is you, something what's like, that what's the, what's the thing that you can make yeah, like what's the yeah, your go to like I can make a jacket or a shirt or pants yeah like. so I just like made this uh, made a jacket not anything that I'm wearing today because uh-huh. like it's more like outerwear stuff and I'll be burning up in the studio right now uh-huh. <laughs> but um, yeah just made this jacket because I needed a new black jacket so wow. it's just kind of like a bummer thing going That's so on to just make stuff. Like, um, I need a new black jacket too do you yeah. okay. <laughs> 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 do you, do you um, sew as well mm-hmm. what? so that was it was part of the course that we um that we did when i was studying university i was there for like five years while i um you know decided to do that instead of acting at the time and they teach you pattern cutting sewing and and everything and as a kid i was always like wanting to make stuff so origami drawing building like anything that i could make i would want to do it and My mum's very creative as well, so she kind of just taught me all these different skills and the things that, you know, I'll have till the day that I die, so I'm super thankful Dope. for that. Well, Megan, how you thought he was make the jacket? No, I mean, sometimes <laughs> people design and then they oh. have other people make it, that's why. Yeah. Oh. This is see, true. You tr- look, you tried to curve me, you see? <laughs> see what you did, Luke? See how you did this to me, Luke? <laughs> did he glue it together? Did you have a glue jacket, bro? Staple, staple jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ever, whenever yeah. you're on set, do you ever go, do you look at how some of the costumes are made and go mm-hmm. like, mm, can we tweak this here? Well, luckily on this show, and actually, you know what? A lot of the stuff that I've worked on, the costume designers want to work with you because uh, ultimately you have to feel yeah. comfortable right, right. as your character in what you're wearing. And if you are super averse to to what 
to nah, like Sid would not wear this, then they, you know, they're going to take that on board and, and kind of work with that. So Susanna Buxton, who was our costume designer on Galavan, she, um, yeah, she was just great with it. And luckily, like the two of us, like we were kind of just on the same wavelength. And okay. she just put this costume together and it just... As soon as I put it on, like I felt like I was in it, man. Yeah. I was, I was sick, so it was great. That's dope. So, as far as your, what's your style when you, when you like say for instance right now mm-hmm. someone coming to you and says I'm gonna sponsor you to be, you know, for you to go ahead and do your own line. Yeah. What what style would that be? M- I would man, say female. I would want it to be unisex, if anything, um, just because I feel that you know there are a lot of things that can kind of cross over. Um, the only thing that's going to be different is the fit because you right. know women have different shaped bodies to men, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but yeah, definitely like more futuristic kind of um, I guess outerwear, just clothes that look different but aren't going to alienate the wearer. Nice. So, right. um, okay. Yeah, just like different textures being put together just like interesting shapes and cuts and things like that so nice so when you start making those clothes and you start mm-hmm. posting them on your social media yeah how can the people find you on your social media so i'm on instagram and twitter luke underscore youngblood and on facebook as well luke youngblood nice and what's your yeah. website youngblood? and luke youngblood.com Cortez, where can we find you guys? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kiki Ayers, K-I-K-I-A-Y-E-R-S. Boom. You can find... Why do I always do that? Boom. Boom. You can always follow me on all social medias as well as Cortez G. West. And make sure you also follow us on BHL Online and watch us on www.blackhollywoodlive.com. Megan. And as always, you can find me, Megan Thomas, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meg Scoop. And don't forget to check out ABC's new show, Gallivant. It's going to be premiering January 4th, 8, 7 Central. Luke, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yes, go ahead and bank head bounce. Show them you know. That's what what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. Next. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> From producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.